Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Conscious Business with the Corporate Yogi. I'm your host, Julie Zuzak. This podcast helps entrepreneurs develop the mindset needed to build and grow a conscious business. Whether you know it yet or not, your mindset is the subconscious blueprint that determines your success. Each week, we explore the benefits of building a conscious business and how your business calls you forth to grow on a personal level and through your relationships. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? Today, I want to talk about a really big landmine as an entrepreneur, something that can stand in your way of doing what you really want. It's limiting, it's destructive, and many of us do it without even knowing it. It's called past telling. Now, past telling is an activity where we hold on to and tell others a story about what went wrong, of a negative belief or of some sort of injustice. And it's usually something that we tell over and over and over again. When we engage in past telling, we are playing small. We hold ourselves back from living in the present moment. So here's what you're going to learn about today. In our first segment, we're going to talk about what past telling actually is. Second segment, you're going to learn about how it can be harmful to you as an entrepreneur. In our third segment, you're going to get some tips of how to deal with past telling, either in yourself or in others. And then in our last segment, I'm going to share some inspiration from a brilliant book that teaches you all about how to live in the present moment. And we'll explore the connection between extreme sports and consciousness. But first, I want to start with a story. One beautiful day, two monks set out for a temple in a valley beyond the woods. The first monk was older and wiser, and the second monk was young and excited to spend time with his teacher. Early in their journey, they came to a river with a very strong current. As the monks were preparing to cross the river, they saw a very young, beautiful woman also attempting to cross the river. The young woman asked if they could help her. Without hesitation, the older monk carried the woman on his shoulders, crossed the river safely, and set her down on the other side. The younger monk crossed the river as well, but was clearly very upset, but said nothing in the moment. The young woman paid her respects, and the monks continued on their way to the temple. Later on in their journey through the forest, the younger monk, still troubled by the river crossing, consumed by his judgment, said suddenly, How could you do that? We aren't even supposed to make eye contact with women, let alone pick them up and carry them. Without a thought, the older monk turned to him and said, Are you still carrying her? I put her back down on the other side of the river. And with that, the older monk turned and continued through the forest towards the temple. So what exactly is past telling? Well, past telling is an activity where we hold on to and tell others a story of how we were wronged, of an injustice in our life, and it's usually something that we tell over and over and over again. When we engage in past telling, we hold ourselves back from living in the present moment. Now, past telling is very different from storytelling. Usually with storytelling, we're sharing something that's very positive that has happened to us. It could be a funny story from traveling or something from our childhood, maybe even an embarrassing moment. There's typically something very endearing about it, maybe something ironic or a little bit silly, or maybe a big aha moment. 
Either way, there's usually a good vibe from it. In business, we use storytelling as a great marketing tool. You can use stories to explain how your business came to be. You can share stories about finding your first client, about big lessons learned, or maybe some of your biggest mistakes that you made. And this can be a really great way to socialize your brand and connect with your clients. Now, a good way to distinguish between past telling and storytelling is that when you tell a good story, it should inspire or entertain others. It should be uplifting and it should bring a positive emotion in others. Whereas with past telling, you usually evoke an emotion of injustice in others and they want to stand up for you and take your side in this scenario, or they feel bad about what happened to you. Past telling does not serve us. It keeps us stuck in the past. Now, past telling can take many different forms. Here's four different ones. First, you can past tell about a specific scenario. Like for example, your brother breaks a water balloon over your head at your seventh birthday party. Now, I love reminiscing on good childhood memories, but a memory like this probably isn't a happy memory. There's no good that will come from telling this story over and over again. And he probably knows he wasn't perfect. And let's face it, you probably did something to provoke him. So let's just let sleeping dogs lie, so to speak. Number two, you can pass tell about a scenario that happened many times over. And it caused you to create a belief. Like, for example, people forgetting your birthday many times. You create a belief that nobody ever remembers your birthday. Nobody cares about you. And there's an element of drama or playing victim just a little bit. A third way, you can take a small incident or a comment and you can use it to manufacture a belief. Let's say that years ago when you were young, your dad commented that you weren't a very good athlete and you were kind of awkward. And because that hurt a bit and you really respected your dad, you carried this label through your life. And now that you're an adult, you actually avoid team sports because you believe that you're not good at sports. And then the fourth example is conflict past telling, where we actually replay conversations to others to show how we were wronged. Now, for example, you'll never believe what she said to me. She said this, and then I said that. And you give someone an entire play-by-play -play of the painful conversation. I call this, he said, she said. And it has a tendency to go on forever and ever. And once you start to pick up on this and observe it in others, you'll actually really realize how negative and annoying and what a time waster it is. Remember, we can pass tell about something that happened years ago, or as recent as an hour ago. Anything that isn't happening in real time in this present moment counts as the past. So here's a couple signs that you are past telling. First, you are typically playing the victim and you try to rally support from others about how you were wronged and you get people to take your side. They might even prompt you to take some sort of action to remedy this injustice, to get revenge, to get your money back or make a complaint of some sort. Number two, it just feels negative and you can actually even feel yourself getting more and more angry about the situation each time you tell the same story over and over again. And lastly, when you're past telling, there's never usually positive closure on the story or any kind of constructive purpose of why you are sharing it. So let's check in here. I want you to be honest with me. Do you ever indulge in past telling? 
Do you have a story from your childhood that you're holding on to? What about a former boss or a colleague who used to rub you the wrong way? When you talk about them, what do you say? How do you describe them? What about a belief based on a casual comment that someone once made? How have you allowed that comment to define who you are and what you believe about your capabilities? It's important to point out that your ego is usually in the driver's seat when you pass tell. Your ego is your false sense of self and it's constantly seeking validation. It wants to uphold your own importance, point out someone else's character flaws, and simply distance you from others, especially when they're doing something wrong. So now that you're clear on the difference between past telling and storytelling, let's talk about how past telling is harmful. First off, it's really negative. When you engage with people and you retell this story of how you were wronged, you deny yourself the opportunity to share positive stories. And every time you retell the story, it gets a little bit stronger, a little more real, and sometimes a little more exaggerated. When you focus on negativity, you're going to draw more negativity to you. And this is a really important thing to remember. There's a heavy energy around it, such that people don't probably want to be around you if you're always complaining and telling negative stories all the time. When I see clients holding on to something really negative or heavy from their past, I always like to ask them, what are you giving up? Or what are you missing out on when you hold on to that story? Second, you're creating limiting beliefs. Have you ever been told that you're just not creative or you're not athletic or you're not a good communicator? Do you tell that story over and over and repeat it? Eventually, after telling it so many times, you might start to believe that it is fact and then you limit yourself from doing those things. Don't ever take a comment or one piece of feedback as fact. It's just one person's opinion. Maybe they were just having an off day. Maybe they were spot on with their feedback, in which case this is a great chance for you to develop this new quality, to practice something and really master the skill. We have a unique opportunity to reinvent ourselves in any moment. Number three, you miss out on the present moment. It's simple, really. When you spend your energy retelling the past, you're denied the opportunity to experience the present. And really, the present moment is the only reality that we have. Rehashing the past isn't going to change it, and you miss out on the journey. Remember our story earlier about the monks? There might have been beautiful scenery along the path towards the temple, beautiful nature, trees, flowers, but the younger monk would have missed out on all that because he was consumed by his thoughts, his confusion, his anger that he was carrying about what his teacher had done. And lastly, we get stuck. Past telling can be like quicksand. Our stories can keep us stuck. Or if your saboteur is really crafty, they can use your stories as an excuse to stay stuck. Let's take launching a business, for example. If you launched a business before and it didn't work out, and you hold on to this story and you keep telling it over and over again, it's as if you're crafting a story that you cannot create a successful business. And then eventually, you create an even bigger story around that and a belief, and you start to believe that to be fact. Then you could use this as an excuse to never start a business or take a risk again. 
In this segment, I want to talk about changing your behavior and moving away from past telling. Most importantly, you need to start to notice when you are doing it. Because to be honest, I know sometimes we're still very unconscious and we aren't even aware that we're past telling. So the first step is to start to notice when you're telling the same story over and over again and then determine, is this a good story, a positive story to tell? Or is it something negative that doesn't serve me? Is it past telling? Your past telling can keep you in jail and deny you from being in the present. So don't be so hard on yourself though because past telling is really an ingrained part of our society. We're socialized to live in the past and for many of us it's learned behavior from people around us. So here are three tips to cut back on your past telling. Tip number one, go cold turkey. Stop telling those negative stories immediately and focus on something else that is more positive. So for the example of the water balloon at the birthday party, stop telling that story. Focus on a different memory from the party or a different memory from your childhood instead of indulging in telling that story over and over again. Tip number two, reframe. Now this is where you condense the story down to just the facts. You strip out all the emotion and follow it up with a statement about what you want to be different or what a new belief might be. So for example, once in grade three, a teacher commented that I lacked creativity, but I know that that was just one person's opinion. And deep down inside, I know that I'm incredibly creative. Tip number three, weaning off. And this is a good option for those of you who aren't ready to go cold turkey. So instead, each time you tell the story, you leave out a few of the details and strip it down just a bit. I want you to still be authentic though. So if things really went wrong, don't be fake and say, oh no, everything is great. That's not what I mean. You can still name the things that didn't go according to plan and name that you were really disappointed by it. Maybe that you were really hurt or really sad, but start to take the emotion out of it and the bruising of the ego. So I definitely used this last tactic very recently when I moved condos. What I observed in myself is whenever anybody would ask me how my move was going or what the new place was like, I would break into this whole negative story around how moving is so hard and how I couldn't get any of my work done because I had to focus on packing and painting my old condo and I had to declutter and I had to coordinate elevators on this side with elevators in the new building and coordinate movers and getting my new furniture delivered. And it was this whole list, this laundry list of things that I was complaining about instead of focusing on the positive things, like the fact that I was moving into a brand new condo, the fact that I was moving to a new part of the city and having a fresh start, the fact that I love change and I loved the energy of the new place I was moving into. So as soon as I noticed this, I started to wean myself off from the complaining and all of the things that went wrong. And it actually worked because the last time I told the story to my brother, it went like this. You know, the move has been a lot of work and nothing went according to plan, but everything just worked out somehow and I love my new place. Now these tips are great to use with your own past telling, but what do you do if someone else is doing the past telling? Because now you're basically essentially an expert at noticing it. And you'll be able to pick out instantly when others indulge in past telling. How do you properly educate them? So this is a great time to share a Corporate Yogi Tweetable, which is, every relationship is an assignment. 
And by this, we mean that interactions with others are always an opportunity for you to learn and grow and develop new skills. Now, you always have the option to ignore their past telling, but now that you know all about it, it's probably going to feel like nails on a chalkboard every time you hear it. So here's a few tips of what you can do when you notice that others are indulging in past telling. Tip number one, you could try to prompt them to completion. So start off by making a statement that it sounds like, you know, something is really bothering them. This will help you test the waters. And if that goes okay, then you can go in with a good coaching question like, what do you need to really put this behind you? When you do this, remember that the tone of what you say is really, really critical. Tip number two, share a personal story of a time where you went through something similar to show them that you can relate and then use your situation to share some examples of what action they could take. Now, this technique was recently used on me, so extra kudos to my friend. So there I was complaining about my condo again, first world problems, and how I had to paint all the walls back to white before leaving. And it took me four coats to cover over this dark gray that I had painted in the living room. He took one look at me and he said, well, did you use a primer? And in that moment, the defensiveness volcano started to bubble up inside me. But before I could say anything, he quickly said, I only bring it up because that was a lesson that I learned the hard way by making that mistake too. And it totally diffused the volcano. And then we had a good laugh sharing our little stories. Tip number three, To be used in very select circumstances where petty complaints are being lodged, you can say this, sorry, complaint department is closed. Now, I like to use this one with my yoga students when they're trying to complain that the hot yoga room is too hot or it's not hot enough or it's too humid or it's not humid enough. I find this statement really helps them get perspective. I I rarely have to use it though because they're pretty amazing. But exercise extreme caution with this one because people can perceive it as kind of passive aggressive. Now, I get away with it because I'm Canadian and people just expect that from me. So be careful with your tone though and only use these tips from the heart, not from the head. They're meant to help the other person, not prove that they're wrong. Now, the book that I'm highlighting today is called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Now, he is one of my favorite teachers. I have such a great amount of respect for him. He is so knowledgeable on how to live in the present moment. It's not the kind of book that you can sit down and read cover to cover in a single afternoon. It's written in a very unique question and answer style with very short passages that are very deeply thought-provoking. Now, I find he addresses head-on some of the biggest thoughts and curious questions in my head, and I can only really consume kind of a page or two, and then I have to put it back, back down and really think about what he said. So here's a quick little passage where he talks about the ego and how it loves to hold on to problems and how we were wronged. It is always seeking for something to attach itself to in order to uphold and strengthen its illusory sense of self, and it will readily attach itself to your problems. That is why for so many people, a large part of their sense of self is intimately connected with their problems. Once this has happened, the last thing they want is to become free of them. That would mean loss of self. 
And another little great gem in this book is when Tole goes on to make a brilliant observation about extreme sports and being present. The reason why some people love to engage in dangerous activities such as mountain climbing, car racing, and so on, although they might not be aware of it, is that it forces them into the now, that intensely alive state that is free of time, free of problems, free of thinking, free of the burden of personality. Slipping away from the present moment even for a second may mean death. Unfortunately, they come to depend on a particular activity to be in that state. Now, both these passages that I read are taken from the power of now. And I really resonate with his observations about the dangerous activities. And I've experienced a state whenever I've gone snowboarding. You are 100% committed to being present and focusing on your every move. You have to be present and you have to notice everyone else around you to ensure your safety. As you're heading down a steep mountain, there's no room to think, gee, I wonder what I should have for dinner. And I think this is a big part of the draw that so many people have to outdoor sports like skiing, boarding, like surfing, maybe mountain biking, definitely car racing and rock climbing. Yeah, it's amazing to be outdoors and to be moving your body, getting fresh air and you're most likely with good friends. You're probably getting an adrenaline rush, but the sheer necessity to be absolutely present at all times because your safety depends on it. I think we often overlook this aspect of extreme sports. And I also think it explains why the yoga classes in Hawaii are always packed with surfers. I don't think they're just there to improve their balance or their flexibility. I think they're also there to practice patience and presence. And it's time to start wrapping up here. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope I've inspired you to observe and maybe start to cut back on your past telling. For detailed show notes about this episode, please visit thecorporateyogi.com and find this episode by date in the podcast section. Remember that your mindset is the subconscious blueprint that determines your success. And your spirituality is your competitive edge in business. It allows you to access a powerful source that is bigger than you alone. Thank you for spending time with me today. I know you're one of the brave ones, and together we can pave this new way, this better way, this conscious way of doing business. Deep down inside, you know how powerful you are. Now, it's time to let the rest of us see it.